Welcome to this week's message. We hope you enjoy this teaching from guest speaker, Dr. Doug Weiss from Heart to Heart Counseling Center. For more information about this message and other resources, visit myselfland.com. Praise God. I love being in a church that uh, the men are just rising up. Amen. Amen, men. Okay, don't, don't, don't quiet on me. Okay, I got a word for the men at the end today. I want to share a word with you. The Lord woke me up 2.30 this morning and said, read this. Give it to the men. So at the end, I will. So don't let me forget. So don't forget. Okay. So now, I want to share with you. I'm Dr. Doug Weiss, and I'm the executive director of Heart to Heart Counseling Center in Colorado Springs. And people fly from all over the country and world to come visit us to deal with their marriages and deal with sex addiction or intimacy anorexia and all that kind of stuff. And, 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 and God is doing amazing things. And he's doing amazing things in your church when 1,400 guys go through uh, Conquer Series and go through sexual purity and confess and get on it. Amen? You have no idea how miraculous that is. If every church did that, we would take the kingdom by force. There wouldn't be liberalism. There wouldn't be socialism. There would be the church. So I'm excited about Steinbeck uh, because I'm, I, I really think there'd be a day maybe that this church would be bigger than the whole town. <laughs> Can you agree with me? <laughs> Amen. Well, I'm here today to talk about, uh, you know, how God makes man and marriage and ministry. I want to I take you down to a DNA level because when you get that DNA, you're indestructibly unstoppable. And I want to show that to you as we go through the scripture today. And I want to, I want to take you um, into Genesis. But before I do, I want to kind of set you up for how we're going to do today. Because have you ever been to one of those movies or shows? And let's pray before we get started. Father, we just thank you for you. You're awesome. You're amazing. You're good. You're good-hearted. You're for us. You're with us. You're through us. Be yourself today. Be your word. Manifest it and help us become that to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if you've ever been to a movie or watched a DVD, and, and, and the movie starts kind of at the end. They show you that scene, it's two or three minutes long, and then it'll say at the bottom, eight years ago, eight hours ago, two days ago, and then they flip you back to here, and then they walk you all the way back for an hour and a half, and you come right back where you started. You ever seen a movie like that? That's today. I want to show you the end scene, and then I want to walk you back and show you how God systemically made that picture. Because when you understand how he did that, it can be very, very, very helpful. So I'm going to start in Genesis 2 with that frame. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Everyone go, aww. I mean, this is a lonely, naked zookeeper. <laughs> so the... You guys have never thought that through, have you? Okay. okay, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh, and all the ladies say, thank you, Jesus. See, when God wants to improve a model, he doesn't need opinions. Amen? Oh, you are definitely upgraded in some ways. Amen? You know that. Okay? Not superior, just different. Amen? Ladies, that was a great... Amen. Thank you. Okay. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. 
That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Now see, this is the end of God's created order. Now, let me just ask you, what was the final creation of God in the garden? I'm a psychologist, so talk to me. Woman, right? Woman, right? No, not at all. Woman was an ingredient for the final creation. See, the final creation was marriage. See, the final creative act of God was bringing a man and woman together and making them one that looks like him. Because in chapter 1, he said, let us make man in our image. Cam and Andrew, come up here real quick. Stand on this platform. I want to show you something. You guys look more athletic than that. Come on. (laughs) So I want to show you what God did. Now, you guys face each other. You two face each other. There you go. Okay. So what he did is, you know, he made Eve or Cam in this situation, and he made him, okay, breathe life into him. Okay, and we'll walk through that process in a minute. And then he, he made Eve, and in this case, it's Andrea. And then he brought them together. So if you guys would hold your hands out there, and then give me your other one, okay? And then this is God's final creative act, a trinity, a trinity on earth as it is in heaven. See, God, his last final act was to create a masterpiece that actually looked like him. And it's a three-faced being serving and loving one another. And out of this triunity, he would create children who would then create trinities. And it goes on and on and on for thousands of years in his image. Amen? Amen. 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 Okay, give them a hand. Now see, so when you understand the scripture from that perspective that the last thing he did was a trinity, it totally changes your whole idea of scripture. Because a lot of Christians have a secular idea of marriage, and that is between a man and a woman. Marriage is not between a man and a woman. It's between the Almighty who made marriage and a man and a woman. Amen? Amen. And if you operate off of a secular definition, you'll have the same secular problems that your secular counterparts do. Because you'll think you're a king and you can bully somebody. Listen, when you're a Christian, you ain't no king. Say amen, church. Because he calls you servant. He doesn't call you. Well, he does call us kings and queens, right? But in marriage, you're not the boss. Oh, say hallelujah. Say amen. I'm setting you free, church. Come on. See, you don't have the responsibility of being the leader. You have the responsibility of being the follower. Amen. I love following Jesus because he gets all the blame. It's wonderful. I remember when I told, asked Lisa to marry me, and she thought she was going to marry a pastor, and, and I took her to Fort Worth, and then God made me a counselor. It wasn't my fault. I was following Jesus. He changed course. I'm sorry. Talk to him. See, in our, in our family, there is the third person, Jesus, in our marriage. He's as real as either one of us. Amen? And he has saved my kids a lot of spankings. Because I'd go to Jesus and say, no, I didn't hit you for that. I go, okay. It's good to talk to Jesus. 
So this is his final creation. Now I want to go back and show you this because when God made his final creation, he broke every rule of creation up to that point. See, if you go to Genesis chapter 1 and you read through Genesis chapter 1, and I can just go through it very quickly. And basically, you'll see this pattern that God sees it, he says it, and it's, it's done. It's that. Okay? And so if we quickly go through, uh, let's see. And God said, let there be light, and there was light, and day, and there was day, and, and grass, and there was grass. And God said the land produced vegetation, and it bore it. Amen? He created living creatures according to the, um, their own kind, and there they were. Amen? So you see this pattern of creation, that God is up to something, he sees it, he says it, bada boom, bada bang. It never works with you guys, because you're not Italians, but it's done. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta kind of, what's a Mennonite bada boom, bada bang? I don't know, I gotta, I gotta find one by next service, right? Okay, so, but you see this whole creative thing, and then he took Adam and he breathed life into him, and Adam was slightly different, and then he touched him, and he, and he made him, and he breathed life into him. Okay, but see, Adam was created for a purpose, and that was to work the garden. Let me walk you through that real quick. So we got to walk. See, God made Adam so he could make marriage. See, sometimes we think Adam was made just to be Adam. He wasn't made to be Adam. He was made because he was kind of the foundation to be able to make woman to be able to make marriage. It'll help you be less, you know, kind of thinking you're something. Okay, so. As we go into this, we see that uh, in 2 verse, looks like 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to work it and to take care of it. And all the single ladies understand this is the order of God. If your man you're dating doesn't have a job, don't date him. Because see, a man needs a job before he needs a woman. See, a man needs to work for someone who makes no sense, who changes his mind, who you can't make happy. He needs to understand that someone else has a bad day and a bad mood before he ever even thinks about being mature enough to get married. All the men know exactly what I'm talking about. You got to get toughened up. And if you're not tough enough to get a job, you are definitely not tough enough for marriage. Amen. I just saved some woman a whole lot of wear and tear. Praise you, Jesus. <laughs> and the Lord God commanded the man. He said, you are free. Now, look at this. The first thing God says to Adam is, you're free. We're free. Christ gave us freedom. Yes, he did. Amen. Adam was made to be free with boundaries, which comes up next. You're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but... You must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And either tree is bad. I mean, the good are the self-righteous people, and the evil people are the ones who just do whatever they want. Okay? For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Now, God's first lesson for Adam to mature, because see, Adam was made male, but he had to grow into becoming a man. Amen. And there's a difference between maleness and manness. And we talked about that with the men on Friday. And it's a lifelong process to become a man of God. To be chiseled into the image of Jesus Christ. It's a lifelong process. Amen? And so we, we go through that process. But we, the first part of that process is you have to know that you are not God. Now, no woman has a problem thinking she's God. Men have difficulties with that. 
Don't raise your hand. We dealt with it already. It's all cleaned up. Praise the Jesus. Okay. But see, Adam had to know that. Okay. And then what, let's keep going on as we go through this. The Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, if you were reading this in the context of creation, what would be the next few words? Bada boom, bada bang, right? There she is. Boom, Eve. Isn't that God's order? Isn't that what he's been doing for a whole chapter? Is I see it, I say it, and it's done. See, God saw the problem, but he also realized the man had to be in a process to become mature enough to be able to take that responsibility. And I've preached this verse as almost, it was, instantane- it was not instantaneous. See, Adam had to go through a process because God was putting his own DNA in Adam that Adam didn't have just because he was a male. He had to get it from God to become a man. And you don't become a man without God. You can stay a boy entire lifetime. Amen? You don't want to do that. It's really bad for your health. Okay? So what happens is, so God then goes down. Now, so there's these verses between God seeing it and solving it. And these verses give us an indication of the process of how God makes man, marriage, and ministry. There's principles in these uh, handful of scriptures. Let's walk through this, because this is fun. This was illuminating for me. I was sitting in an airport in Canada, and God downloaded this to me after writing like four marriage books. I'm like, this is good. You started giving me this like years ago, right? This is really good. So now the Lord God had formed out of the, um, of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. Now you have to kind of visualize this one. Okay, so you got basically a naked Noah's Ark, okay? You got tens of thousands of animals. I don't know how, how many animals were there before extinction. We don't know. So this was not a day job. This wasn't a week job. This might have not even been a month, two months, six months, or even two-year job. Okay, because the way it goes. So here's this herd of animals, and God himself would say, you, 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 and you over there, come here. And so he'd get them behind him, and he'd walk them to Adam's house. I don't know, he had a little cave, or I don't know what he had, a little hut. And so... Come on, wake up, Adam, right? Because Adam, God's an early riser. <laughs> right? So Adam learned really quick to get up early with God. Right? I mean, how do you want God to wake you up? Adam! Right? So he got up. So he get up, and God bring the animals, and God would sit there with his latte from Tim Hortons, right? Because <laughs> you know Tim Hortons was made in heaven. I'm just kidding. So, so he's sitting there, and he would let Adam name the animals. Day after day. So they come up and he'd look at an animal and he'd kind of go, wow. You know, aardvark, that's the best I can do for you, buddy. Go ahead. <laughs> Zebra, wow, you're tall. Giraffe, wow, you're huge. Elephant, wow, you're like, you're cool. Lion, I like lion for you. Okay, and so these little animals, it's, so the next day there'd still be another herd over here of animals who don't have a name. Hey, what's your name? I don't know. What's your name? I don't know. The man, you see the man? I haven't seen the man. So we're all, I don't know. I don't know. There'd be this little hyper animal. He'd come up to the, he'd come up to Adam. He'd, he'd come so excited. He'd stand there. And, 
And Adam would calmly look at him and go, squirrel. I'm squirrel. I am squirrel. No one else is squirrel. I'm squirrel. See, what happened was the man was given responsibility before he was ready for marriage. He was given a, a, a gift, which was the ability to give identity to everything around him. And men still do it today. They name corporations. They name their companies. They name their cars. They name their dogs. Amen? But men, you have a unique place in your wife's heart, in your daughter's heart, and in your son's heart that only you are called to give identity to. And if you fail, they end up seeing people like me. Because they don't think well of themselves. They don't think they're good enough. They don't feel loved. They don't feel beautiful. They don't feel smart. Because dad didn't tell them. And so if you're a dad and you're being more critical than you are being cheerleader, repent. Put positive, powerful, life-giving. You're amazing. You're strong. You're capable. I don't care what your dad gave you. I never met my dad. But I have a father and he talks to me that way. And you talk to your kids that way and they get power and strength. Mom can tell them all day they're beautiful and they're smart and they're wonderful. They don't believe their mom. <laughs> they do believe your dad. Amen? So that's a gift that Adam had that Adam still has today. Okay? And so he had to be responsible. He had to be creative as he was going through the process. He had to endure. Because this took a very long time to name all the animals. This is an endurance thing. And see, God was not just creating a man. He was creating a servant man. A man that looked like him because we serve a servant God. Amen? How many times was Jesus called and even called himself the servant? He came to die for us. He who knew no sin died for those who we knew sin. Amen? He bore our iniquity. We can go on and on for a whole sermon on how he serves us. Amen? Amen? The greater serves the weaker. Constantly we see that in scripture. And I'm so grateful that he decided to be a servant. Okay? But so what we're, we're learning here is that the very DNA of God is to be a servant. See, Adam was learning an important lesson. Not only did he have a gift, he had a lesson to learn. And the lesson was that he was not here for himself. That he himself was created to serve, not only to, to deal with the garden, but to give identity to all those in the garden. And he had to become that servant before God could create his final creation. Because marriage cannot be, cannot be made with any other material. Neither can ministry. It can't be made on ambition, selfishness, self-importance, grandiosity, addictions. It can't be built on that. It can be done, but it won't work right. Amen? And when men learn that their role in marriage is to serve their wife and to serve their family and their role is servant, not dominant leader and bully, then it works. Why is only one guy saying amen? Men, I am giving you the opportunity of a lifetime. Say, yes! I was made for dishes. Yes, I was made for laundry. That's why I'm bigger than you. That's why I'm stronger than you. That's why I don't need as much sleep. I can get more done than you any day of the week. You're here to help. And I only need a little help because I'm a man. I'm not a boy. A boy needs a lot of help. 
Amen. All the ladies love that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's because some men make their women slaves. You're not supposed to make them a slave. You're supposed to make them your sister and your friend and your confidant and your co-worker and your co-laborer. And they should be doing, they shouldn't be carrying a heavy stuff. Now, I understand if he's at work all day, and I, I understand there's some distribution of that. But the heart of it should be, I'm home. What, do I, what needs to get done because the servant's home? What's left to be done? The older men are saying amen. The younger men, you ain't smart yet. Get that thing figured out. Okay. So that is how God made marriage, because only a servant man can survive marriage, and only a servant man can make a marriage work. Amen? And it took a while. And how do I know that, that this DNA of servanthood came into Adam? Because all we got to do is keep reading the Scripture. And he brought her to the man, and the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. See, his reflex at this point became to serve others instead of serving himself. He saw Eve and she was beautiful and he spoke to her, you need identity and you need it immediately. You need to know who you are. And I'm here to serve you in that way. We'll get to me later. And it's because Adam finally got that DNA. He got the blessing of being part of a trinity on earth as it is in heaven. Does that make sense? And in the same way, that God makes a man through the service DNA. Okay, and women don't generally, generally struggle with service because they were created from a servant man. They weren't created from a man. Amen? Adam's DNA was different when, he was, when she uh, was created. And so what's interesting to me is how exciting things are going to get around here. Because although the Lord's very happy with you, and there's a good portion, 30% of you, that serve really well. That's 30% muscle, 70% fat. <laughs> now, you do look better than most churches, but you're still a little on the lopsidedness of that. Okay? And a fat cell is basically what we call the sitting ministry. So if all you do is sit around here, you're in the sitting ministry. Now... I can tell you, Jesus himself one day will say, good and faithful servant. He will not say, good and faithful sitter. So you might want to translate that sitting ministry into something more active. Amen? Because he is excited. He really does. There's so much I can see in this church that he wants to do. He's so excited about you, but you need to muscle up. Amen? Amen? And there are some of you that you have the privilege of eating. See, church is what church is. Let me tell you what church is. Church is a gas station. It's a, it's a, it's a cafeteria. It's where you get fed up and fueled up so that you can go conquer the world. Amen. Serve really well out there. Serve in, you are being fed to serve, not fed so you can watch TV. And I can tell you, if you're watching too much TV, that is a bad use of time. I would, see, here's the thing. You're going to live forever. You can burn this life with total service because you have, you're going to exist past time. You don't have to worry one minute about this life because you're going to live millions and millions of years. You can spend this one like you're crazy because you will exist past time. 
And once you understand you exist past time, time becomes your servant and slave, and you can serve as awesome as you want to in time. Some of you really got to get that because you're living as if this is the only life you have. Like it's some kind of sticky you got to hold on to. No, you throw those stickies away, and as you throw them away, more stickies keep coming to you. <laughs> faithful and little, faithful and much. Enter the joy of the Lord. Who got that? The servant. I could go all day on this stuff, okay? But this morning, at 2.30 in the morning, Jesus decides to come into my bedroom and wake me up. He says, I want you to read Jeremiah 2. I'm like, it's 2.30 in the morning. I haven't, been to bed, I haven't got sleep back to sleep yet because he's been with me all day talking. And so <laughs> I'll give you a very snippet. And this is more for the guys who've gone through the Conquer series. Okay? Because go through the Conquer series. Go through it again. Go through seven pillars. Go through everything you want to go through. But there's a day when this will come into your life. Okay? So I'm in Jeremiah 2.20. And I'm just going to read this little bit. Okay? And I had it posted right here. It should have just come right up. There it is. Okay. A, a long time, he's talking about Israel, church. Okay. A long time ago, you broke out of the harness. You shook off all restraints. You said, I will not serve. And off you went, visiting every sex and religion shrine on the way. See, a lot of guys get stuck in sexual sin because they don't serve. Amen? Amen? So if that's true, if you serve really well, you won't have to worry about sexual sin anymore in your life. You'll be too busy loving, blessing, healing people, setting them free, and... Are you getting this? This is exciting! <laughs> people pay me thousands of dollars to get set free. I'm just telling you how to do it right now. <laughs> get serving somewhere, and it'll break off of you the selfishness that keeps you stuck. Amen? Amen? And Jesus Christ is in this house to set the captives free. And one of the ways he's going to set you free is by getting out there and cutting carrots and helping people in the parking lot and doing things that need to get done around here and calling church to say, I got a day off. It's yours. What do you want me to do? Amen. Say amen. Come on, church. Amen. See, if you become the servants of the Most High God, you won't have to worry about sin because you've got other things to do. Amen. amen. And I'm not talking about coming from a place of religiousness and earning it. I'm talking about a place of gratefulness and serving it. Amen. So I want to just ask you two things real quick. Let's just close our eyes. In an audience this size, there's a real possibility that maybe someone brought you today. And you're like, well, I, I want to serve. I, actually, I'd like to know this God you're talking about. I'd like to know this really good Jesus who you just keep talking about. And maybe that's you today, and you've never said yes to Jesus to serve him. You've been serving yourself. You've been out there, maybe you're drinking and you're partying, or you're just kind of slothing around and it's time. You know it's time. So if that's you, and you need to say, Jesus, I need you to become master of me because I'm too much in control. I need you to become Lord. I just want you to raise your hand. That's all I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand. See that hand? I see that one. On this side? Anyone on this side? A couple here? Praise God. Okay. I want all of us to pray this prayer aloud so these five people can say it from your heart. And if you're here and you raise your hand, I want you to say this from your heart. And after service, maybe Chris, uh, uh, talk to someone who's from here. And they can tell you what to do as far as getting into your scripture and all that kind of stuff. So everyone pray after me. Say, Jesus, Jesus. forgive me of my mistakes. Me my mistakes. <laughs> I accept your blood as full payment. 
I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. I want to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the second thing I want to ask you, keep your eyes closed, is God is really stirring in this house and some of you are so servant and excellence, the whole line of people that here serve with excellence, you are given examples of servanthood all the time around here. You see it all the time. But it's not you yet. And there's something God's calling you up into. And it might be you start a business. It might be you serve in the community. It might be that you serve here. There's something he's calling you into up to. And he's saying it's time. And if it's your time, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. We're not going to do some big altar call. I'm not going to slap you full of oil. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to raise your hand and say, Lord, I'm on it. That's me. I need to step into it. I see it. I see it. I see your hands. I see. Raise them. Raise them. Just hold them there for a second. I want you and God to see each other and say, yes, I will do that, Jesus. I will be your servant in that way. Wow, so many of you. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you so much for your spirit that's on this house. It is a spirit of servants. There is so much service and servantness here, but you want it to go further and deeper because you want to expand these walls. You want to strengthen this place and you need their strength, and you desire them to become stronger as they serve you. And for these that ask you to come into their hearts, direct them, plant them in the church and cell groups and things they need to do. Lord, we love you, we bless you, we praise you, and we're so excited for what you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Southland Church. For more information or to download this and many other messages, please visit us at myselfland.com.